Welcome to the Denver Waldorf School Podcast. This is our place to connect as an intentional Waldorf community, to share the stories, wisdom, and artistry of our students, our educators, and all those who make this community come alive. This is our journey together. This week at school, we've been working on a video that captures what we do and who we are as a Waldorf school. It's been equal parts eye-opening, tear-jerking, and incredibly inspiring, especially at a time when things feel so big and so busy, to know the intentionality behind educating children so they can observe, experience, and contribute to the world in a powerful way is still just as potent as it was 100 years ago. Uh, it feels hopeful, to say the least. I interviewed faculty members, students, and parents, and heard how the deep connection between teachers and their students has been one of the most valuable assets our school has to offer. I hear this often from alumni. I learned how one of our high school science teachers even received a letter from a university thanking her for her letter of recommendation, saying how striking it was to see how well she knew the student she was writing about. By the end of our shoot, the videographer who accompanied me, also the proud father of a seven-week-old bundle named Nora, was equally moved. In fact, he asked me, if I put our name on the wait list now, do you think Nora will get in? I'm Jen Lamboy, and I can't wait for you to hear today's podcast. If you're just getting to know the Denver Waldorf School, we are founded on Rudolf Steiner's humanitarian curriculum. We believe education should foster what it is to be human, cultivate lifelong curiosity, and inspire a love for the world and you can learn more at denverwaldorf.org. So right now I'm sitting down with DWS alumni, Ivy Hunter and Ian Connolly. Both of these absolutely lovely humans graduated from our school and they're with me today to talk about how their experience at Denver Waldorf prepared them for the world beyond our doors, how the relationships they built here have served them and how they in turn are serving the world. Here's Ivy to start. All right, Ivy, tell us um, tell us who you are and, and what you're doing. Yeah, hello. I'm uh, my name is Ivy Hunter, and um, right now I live in Paonia, Colorado, doing like landscaping and um, some clay work and hanging with the outdoors. Um, I graduated from Denver Waldorf in 2016. Uh, I went to the Denver Waldorf School from um, sixth grade through 12th grade. And before that, I had gone to the Riversong Waldorf School in Fort Collins for preschool through second grade. So I did like three years of public schooling for elementary school um, and realized that I needed to go back to Waldorf. So I moved to Denver to live with my mom and do that. Um, and yeah, very grateful for that education. And after I graduated, I went straight into university at Lewis and Clark up in Portland, Oregon. And uh, after that, I moved here to Peonia and have been doing landscaping and hanging out, <laughs> taking a little break from the education realm for a little bit. Awesome. Ian, tell us more about you. Yeah. Hi, my name is Ian Connolly. I am currently uh, at Lewis and Clark, but the law campus, which is separated from the undergraduate campus uh, where Ivy went to school. And I have been, I'm in my first semester of law school, what they call your 1L year. And I've been living in the Pacific Northwest for the past seven years since I graduated from the Denver Waldorf High School, essentially. I went to university at Quest University up in Squamish, British Columbia 
which is a super small liberal arts school. In some ways, it is like an extension of the Denver Waldorf High School in that it's on the block program. It's super interdisciplinary. It's very rigorous. And there's like a lot of community. Our community is like a big aspect of the education. Um, in between graduating from there and now, I've been working as a working in multiple different things, multiple different areas, trying to see where sort of what career path I was most interested in exploring, sort of balancing outdoor education and uh, sort of like conservation or nonprofit work, um, environmental conservation or nonprofit work. And I, so in doing that, I've been working as a multi-day river guide in Idaho um, and doing other sorts of environmental outdoor education uh, with youth and then also volunteering and working for nonprofits in salmon conservation. So all sorts of different things. And I decided to go to law school as a way of giving myself the tools and flexibility to sort of affect change and also still have, yeah, the flexibility to live a life where I get to be outside. Awesome, fantastic. Um, well, and the audience wasn't able to hear the conversation prior to me starting to record, but tell me more about how you all know each other. Ian was my first boyfriend way back when I was in ninth grade and he would have been in 10th grade at the Denver Waldorf school. So we've known each other vaguely since like middle school though. We were, you know, just classes away from each other um, and stayed friends through after our relationship. And yeah, so it's fun. It's funny that he's in Lewis and Clark now and <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Anything you want to say about it, Ian? No, I think that pretty much sums it up. I mean, well, there was a lot, there is a lot. Uh, the Denver Waldorf High School is is really funny because everybody knows each other and Waldorf in general is like that, starting with middle school. So it's, um, yeah, relationships are always multifaceted. And I, Ivy and I were really lucky to get to like go through that whole process and both went through the whole middle school and the whole high school. And so um, it's a dynamic relationship uh because of that and you know we got to work through yeah be in our first both of our first relationships together and then um move out of those to like separately but still be in the same community and that's a really cool opportunity in terms of like building life skills like you have to be able to uh work with people who where like relationships are complicated and we, I remember we were involved in some of the same clubs and groups mm -hmm. after that and, and like doing things together. And mm -hmm. it, yeah, those are really important life skills that we got to build. Yeah, pretty safe container to do that in too, which is cool at the Waldorf school. Mm -hmm. We often we often hear that um, from students in the high school in particular who have either gone all the way through or are coming in from middle school into high school that one of the differences with the Denver Waldorf School or even a Waldorf environment at all is um, this ability and openness to being seen, um, being seen by your teachers, uh, by the faculty and staff, and being seen by each other as well as um, you know, really, you know, when we talk about what is a, what is a fit, you know, for a school, for a high school student, and, and I often have mentioned to, to folks who are maybe touring, like if, if you're the type of student who 
um, who wants to be seen, who is energetic and wants to wants to engage not only with the curriculum but with fellow students and with faculty and staff. And this is this is really the place. And so I'm wondering, um, given that, given your scenario, um, how did that impact your experience going into college? Yeah, one thing I have to say to that is that. Um that being seenness and kind of openness and community aspects of the Waldorf High School allowed me to have really personal relationships with my teachers like and really approachable too. like I could talk to them about the curriculum or my personal life or you know whatever and there's a lot of like open space during lunch or whatever down the hall and they're really receptive to seeing you as not only a student but like a human and collaborating in this community together. And so that going into college, I realized that without realizing it, I was much more comfortable approaching my professors in a, in a humanly way. Like I watched a lot of my other classmates, you know, have almost this very authority figure view of the professors. And of course, like respect is important, but I actually saw my professors really gain a lot from me approaching them as a, as a person and saying like, I wanna connect with you and I wanna see you and be seen by you. Um, and that once I made that step, all these professors really open to that kind of connection, but I could tell it was kind of foreign for them too. Like not all students are comfortable doing that. So I think that was huge and had me a leg up in a lot of classes because I mean, I think that when you're learning from someone who that person is, is almost more important than like what they're telling you or teaching you. So if you can wrap your mind around who they are and why they're bringing what they're bringing in the way that they're doing it, I find I am able to understand the uh, curriculum a lot better. Um, and so, yeah, I think it really helped me in that kind of connection with the professors in college. That's so that's so interesting. I've, I've never heard it. It's almost like the the education allowed you to kind of humanize the education <laughs> that yeah. you were that you were going to step into. Yeah, yeah. I think another part of that would be that inherently Waldorf seems makes education a little bit more applicable. Like it's always like, how are you going to apply this in your real life? Like, how is this actually useful to you? Cause it's not just to pass the grade or to get the test score or write the right paper. Like it's really trying to integrate into tools to continue to live in the world in a thoughtful way. Um, and so I kind of lost my train of thought, but related. <laughs> I follow you. Ian, what about in the like in the law school environment? That's um, I know that you're in, of course, in a liberal arts um, environment, but law school is a different, a different set of. <laughs> it's just a different thing, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, law school is a different thing. Um, <laughs> and as much as it is Lewis and Clark, it still is a law school. And um, yeah, so that being said, I think that I mean. What your initial question and sort of leading into the law school thread makes me think about is the yeah the the way that we your the way that you approach education in, as a student at Waldorf or the way that Waldorf would like to teach people to approach education is not necessarily yeah again like and this is in all the marketing materials but from not from a place of like how do you pass a test but but what is like sort of the what are the questions that we should be asking about the world um you know and and how do we fit into that 
and it starts and it goes through you know multi like multi all of the different scales from from what is my purpose professionally to you know why are we here on a scientific or evolutionary basis you know and so you you cover all of those bases and but the education is really geared towards like helping you think about those questions not necessarily like creating answers to them like it's not you're not like answering a test there's no multiple choice at the end of it um but what you have at the end is this sort of framework with which to analyze the world and your place in it and i that is irreplaceable in my life and has serves me on a daily basis and on like uh, like a decision making basis so all again all of those scales are informed by that framework that i gained through um just the Waldorf schooling because I went to Waldorf from kindergarten through 12th grade so it's very much the framework with which I see the world and um I don't know is that noise in the background okay um and uh yeah so it's that's the framework through which I see the world so I I apply it in ways that I don't even know um on a daily basis and then also I think think through it and so in terms of being really like the anecdote that I think of when I think about being seen through Waldorf is um, the reason, the initial reason that I went to the, went to, wanted to go to law school or even thought about going to law school is because I had a relationship with a teacher in, uh, at the Denver Waldorf School, Mr. Reinhardt, who Ivy knows well. Um, and Mr. Reinhardt was a wonderful English teacher. He, in ninth grade, he gave me, after class one day, he gave me the Monkey Wrench Gang, which is a book by Edward Abbey. It's pretty um, well-known in the conservation world. And then the next year, I think he gave me Desert Solitaire by Ed Abbey. And then the year after that, another book um, and some Terry Tempest Williams. And he would, so he saw who I was or who I wanted to be and was able to like sort of, in like these really insightful ways, push me to do, to think in, in these new ways. And the, and those books I I consider to be super impactful and have absolutely shaped the way that I view the world and like the way that I've chosen to live my life. And so I can draw a super direct thread between that experience and then where I am now and what I'm doing now and how I apply those things in my life now. Um, and in terms of like actually going to law school, I was in civics with Mr. Reinhardt in 12th grade. And there was an assignment where we were analyzing some Supreme Court cases, in which was a great assignment. And then he wrote in a comment on the margin, he was like, have you considered going to law school? And um, that was actually the first time I had considered going to law school. And that comment stuck itself inside my head and had remained there. And um, here I am. So it's... Uh, yeah, the power of being seen is not to be underestimated, that's for sure. Being seen and not being like forced into anything, you know, it wasn't like from the get go, he's like, oh, I see who you're going to be. And this is what you should do to do that. Because then you'd be like, whatever, get out of my face. Totally. But like very gentle, like, I'm going to supply you with the opportunity. And if you want to jump on it, then you can and, and you're really in control, you know, it's a really honoring of like, the human back to that of the student of like, you're your own being. I'm not going to tell you who to be, but I'm going to try my best to support you. Yeah. So, that, and that's really how it felt. Yeah. I miss Mr. Reinhardt. Good one.
sorry. Were there any pieces of um, the education when you when you went into into college or even beyond where you felt like you were unprepared by by Waldorf education? Um, I, okay, so I was a I was a really good student in Lewis and Clark. I graduated like magna cum laude and with honors in my department. And the worst grade I got was a B in in Spanish one of my first semesters and it was because it was so like it was so like plug in the answer and get the right you know plug in the thing it was so like tests and like mm -hmm. it wasn't really about your conceptualization like there was just something in it and it was my first semester too that I just like I was not prepared for and I wasn't really great I mean I still did fair you know but uh, I didn't wasn't able to excel at that um but i would say that's pretty much the only thing and the only reason is because we didn't learn spanish that way and call it in high school and so while i even had some like good gist of the language structure and like knew a lot of words and stuff i couldn't do it in the framework that they were asking mm -hmm. um but i would say everything else i was really prepped for kind of um I would say like slyly, like, <laughs> like I wasn't expecting that I was gonna be so well prepared. Like writing was a great one. I thought I was gonna be kind of um, at a detriment writing going in because we didn't have a lot of structured stuff, like kind of, but not super. And my idea of what normal school was, I was like, oh, I'm so not prepared. But actually I, I really was and I like thrived and all, I took a lot of English classes and I ended up really enjoying diving more into the structure of that. Um, but I actually the free form writing in high school, I think served me a lot more than I thought it would. Um, and similarly in math, I felt incredibly prepared. Like I, I have this cool story that I guess you guys would appreciate more than other people I tell, <laughs> um, but my first class in college or in high school was with Dr. Heberton doing conic section curves. Um, that was like our first block freshman year. And you're just learning about like, you know, cones and how to slice them. And do you get a parabola, hyperbola, like uh, uh, ellipse. And um, it's very like general and you're just kind of getting the vibe for it. And at the time I was kind of, I didn't really know what I was learning. And then, you know, you went through everything in high school and then I continued math in college because I really enjoyed math and I went through Calc 3. And in Calc 3, I finally was describing with algorithms the curves that I was introduced to in freshman year. And so like, and I was able, I was one of the only non-math people in the class and I was also able to like wrap my mind around it better than a lot of people because I had this super basic understanding from then that was like slowly built on. And I'll say everything that I, from like linear through calc one, two, three, like all of that that I did in college, I touched on almost every single one of those things first in high school and with a basic understanding. So I knew the structure and then I would like find out more of the details as you know in college so I was I, I don't know if Ian can attest to that too but like that kind of I would say it's like a micro macro that Waldorf kind of does of like bringing you out to see the big picture and then back in and out and in and um, I think that really set me up for success in college. It's incredible Ian did you have a similar experience or were there was there areas that you maybe felt 
I'm just curious, if unprepared or underprepared. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's important to also be uh, critical and not just just sing the praises of Waldorf, even though that's very much how I feel. Um, I think, you know, I also came into university and felt super prepared. Um, I think, yeah, there there wasn't like an area when I was like, or a time that I can think of when I was like, oh, I, I'm not well set up for this. I think for a lot of students in their lives, I think that the math education that like we get at Waldorf is solid or that I got at Waldorf is solid, I think it's with, as with every math education, I think there are just people who at various points feel that they can't do math for one reason or another. And I think Waldorf is pretty good about giving the students the their own agency in that. Um, and I think that was really my big takeaway with, with the math education in, at Waldorf was, was uh, Dr. Heverton was, was interested in teaching you if you were interested in learning. Um, and that was like my big, my big takeaway was, okay, if I want to, if I want to challenge myself and do this, then, then I can do that. Or I can, um, you know, have like a lower understanding of, of what's going on. And I think that translated to a lot of classes and has been really impactful in the way that I think about education, because I learned from that age that, uh, challenge was, in challenge in the educational context was really helped me grow uh, in a way that, um, yeah, like running away from it. I think running, like as a high schooler, like running away from challenge or somebody telling you that you need to do something that's hard, like feels easy and good and is, you know, is easier. Um, but learning that you can get a lot more out of life if you instead find the people that push you to be the best version of yourself and I was able to yeah like learn that about myself or at least that that's what I wanted and then continue to find mentors in university and in other parts of my life who who push me and have high standards for me and I think that has made a lot of difference in in my life is is having finding people that are that have high standards and and Waldorf teachers tend to have high standards for you. And that again, can be intimidating for folks. But I think given the, given the world we live in, like the standards are high, you know, like you have to be able to, in order to function as a person, like you have to be able to do so many things. You have to be able to engage technologically and socially and emotionally and mathematically and to, to balance all of the, all of the things that are thrown at you on a daily basis in the world. And, um, yeah, I, I felt like pretty, pretty prepared to do those things. Um, again, maybe like, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, we've, we've had a couple conversations with um, our movement teacher, Charlie Orfanides around, um, really, really around education where, where movement also kind of comes in outside of those um, and, and its relationship to like the rigorous academics as well. And one thing that he had mentioned on our last podcast is that in, in the Waldorf school, um, there's a lot of joy. So although there's the academics, there's athletics, there's arts, there's kind of all those pieces that the students themselves um, 
there's joy. There's joy in the classrooms and in the hallways. Um, and I wonder if you could could speak to that a little bit as well, because I feel like especially coming kind of post COVID where there's such a healthy um, focus on mental health. Um, and then we've got students who are just entering university now kind of in this post strange <laughs> time. And although you kind of were able to skirt well, some of that, I, you know, I guess you kind of were right in the heart of it, but um, I'm curious to know, like, can you speak a little bit about your experience in, in a place of joy? You want to go? Um, sure. Um, joy, let's see, that's a, that's a, I really love that he said that because I think that does encapsulate a, a huge aspect of uh, what your day-to-day, -day, what my day-to-day -day experience was like as a Waldorf student, like, there was never hardly ever a day when I wanted to not go to school when I was when I dreaded it um, or when I felt like the experience would the experience of staying home would outweigh the experience of going to school and I think a huge part of that was because <clears throat> we the days were super diverse uh, you always in the day with art and I like I love thinking about that now I'm like in high school we we spent an hour doing art every single day like that is so good for your brain <laughs> it's crazy and, and so uh you're so we were so lucky to do that and um the community I went to school with people from like yeah kindergarten through high school so these were people who were pretty much family at that point um and so when you get to yeah go to school and and you're just surrounded by people that feel like an extension of your family it, it it's challenging at times but overall like the, it's really special and I think one area where joy really came in a lot and was super evident was is with all of the various ways that Waldorf celebrates the seasons um, seasonality is really important in the Waldorf education and the uh, each ceremony um, sort of has its own elements of celebration and joy and so those were like really important markers for me as a as a person I didn't realize it at the time I was like okay like you know another Mayfair but like really like that is like a significant marker in the transition of the seasons and in celebration and joy um, and I nowadays like I will make all of my friends make reads at the at the holiday season to do like Advent, just because like that marker is so important for me to like uh, to be in that time of year, and it that for me is a is a big form of joy. Nice, beautiful, nice. Yeah, thank you, Ian. Um, what comes to mind for me is um, kind of like joy as the as a verb like enjoyment to like enjoy something and like what does that mean and I feel like that means to me that you're like getting something out of the experience you know something beneficial like you're gaining or growing from that um I think what's why I'm doing this is because I, I don't want to say that my experience wasn't very joyful but when I when I think about my Waldorf I don't I don't know I that's it's not the first word that comes to mind, partly because I felt very serious and like studious. And um, 
I, I differed from Ian and I wasn't through the same Waldorf class for as long. And I actually really struggled to have close peers in my own grade. Um, like I, I connected most with my teachers, to be honest. And like when I, I similarly was excited to go to school, but it was mainly for like what we were engaging in and what I was learning and, um, and the satisfaction that I would get from gaining that and from engaging with the material and with my teachers in that way was joyful and like had that enjoyment and that like fulfillingness. But, um, but yeah, I guess I don't necessarily look back like giggling down the hallways or anything, even though I'm sure I've done that. Um, but for me, there's just this qualityness of around enjoyment of like, um, that I really, I gained a lot and integrated so much into my being from from the school environment and from the curriculum that was being offered that it was it was really fulfilling and enjoy, joyful in that way. Well, Ivy too, you were mentioning not only um, not only the work that, that you do during the week, but also there's a couple of other projects and organizations that you're working with, I'm, I'm gathering you know, kind of outside of, um, outside of your work life and that would probably bring you joy. And I'm guessing, and Ian, also you were mentioning you're doing a lot of, um, you know, outdoor and conservation work as well as part of, you know, I'm kind of curious too, like how, how those pieces of, um, either your experience or who you are, have, how you've continued with that, even after high school and into college and after college. Well, I'd say it's a bridge from what I was just saying. Um, the organiza organizations I'm in are like the Clayworks Studio. It's a pottery studio in town. And then also this local nonprofit that does food and markets um, and stuff like that. Other like uh, learning um, classes and whatnot. And um, both of them, you know, they're, they're work environments, which I actually really enjoy being with people in a work environment and working towards this collective, you know, making pots together, making a food for the community. And that, again, I get a lot of fulfillment and um, I learn a lot and am gratified by offering this back to the community too and engaging with people in that kind of community realm. I really love working with people. <laughs> and that's when I gain the deepest connections is when we're like creating something together. And I think that's something Waldorf has partly instilled just this like joy and engaging and growing and working and that that's fun and that that gives you something. And that when we do it together, it's even better. <laughs> um, definitely has fulfilled into now I look for work that will create a community like that. Yeah. That's, I think to build on, on that, I think you're getting at something that is, yeah, really important with human development is the ability to work, work together. Uh, you know, like we evolved as a society because we were able to form bands and tribes and, and help each other. And so that is like so deeply imprinted into our DNA and, um, we also live in a society now that tells us in a lot of ways that we are individuals first and foremost, and other people are optional. And that is uh, really not evolutionarily the case. Um, you know, socially, there's more of an argument there, but I think what we experience at Waldorf is, is a really uh, deep integration of ourselves with 
and and what we're doing and collaboration towards working towards something with other people um whether those are and oftentimes those are teachers which is really cool um i think about woodwork and um mr baker and working like our each project that we created in that class was very collaborative with him um and i i created things i could never have ever created on my own and he, and in doing that like i created things that he couldn't have created on his own and those were really that special and unique moments and i think get at um something that has also stuck with me which is the value of community um and support and i think it's something that is is like one of my bigger priorities like in my life now and i yeah when i think about waldorf i think about community um and those two things are pretty pretty intertwined for me and i cannot yeah oh like overstate how important that value is for my life now. Mm-hmm. What would you what would you say to students who are um, maybe in the high school now or in the middle school now to say how do, how do you get the most out of out of a Waldorf education? Say yes, just like do it. <laughs> I think it's like what Ian was talking about, like challenge yourself, like that doesn't always seem like the best in that moment, but once you get beyond that tiny little moment, it'll serve you for forever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, challenging yourself and gosh, I think, do you have anything else, Ian? Well, yeah, I think that's what I think it sort of goes along with that, but I think challenge yourself, but I think also know yourself um, and listen to yourself. I think you like listen to your intuition um and don't don't second guess yourself and second guess what you want and say yes to those experiences that your body or your heart or your intellectual mind want you to um and yeah do do what it takes to know yourself because everything will get a lot easier if you know and are in touch with yourself you know which as a middle schooler you know is like not the same as it is when you're 25 or an adult more so than that (laughs) um but uh i think i think the main thing is like you know people in general and kids in particular are taught that they are vessels to be filled with information and Waldorf doesn't tend to approach things that way. Waldorf does tend to honor the innate knowledge that the children have. And, and I think, um, hold it, like letting that be the case, holding on to your youth and, and trusting your intuition. And if something feels fun and playful, like do it, you know, like I ended up working as a multi-day river guide after I had paid for a four year, uh, at like college, you know, and, that is the most childlike and joyful professional career you can have one of the most that you can have and I think that was because I knew that that's what I wanted and maybe societally being a river guide isn't like you know the epitome of success um but I get to be outside all day and spend all day working with people and uh on rivers and that meant more to me than than other than other things and I knew that because I knew myself and I knew what I was interested in and I knew what I wanted um and what my values were and I think uh yeah like trusting your intuition and following those threads means a lot 
Awesome. Yeah, I mean, similarly, I'm like landscaping and a lot of people, I mean, I have people in my life that are like, what are you doing? Like, you're not using your degree or something like that. But I feel like I use my degree and my Waldorf education like every day. And this feels really good for me to be taking care of plants on the daily and probably won't be my forever thing. But, you know, it's really good. And just I agree, like following your intuition and trusting that and letting that be your guide instead of some outer thing but I would also say with a caveat because I love to be devil's advocate that um I would also encourage students to be open to like maybe what they don't think like they don't know is gonna serve them like an example I have is maybe like you're in Parsifal class like reading Parsifal with Miss Janig and you're like what does this story have to do with me like I don't care this happened a billion years ago like why are we learning this and to just instead of like shutting that out and you know maybe passing that off as being like oh I just don't need to know that um especially when we are young and we're building this view of the world to just be open to be like maybe maybe this will serve me in the future like I actually think about Faust and Parsifal a lot now <laughs> you know and like I didn't I didn't know you don't know how it's going to affect you or how it's going to help mold so, so to just stay open to receiving that and then checking it with your intuition you know it's like a checks and balances kind of thing but I think Waldorf really facilitates both of that which is great <laughs> Awesome. Well, is there, I feel like I want to be respectful of your, of your time. Is there any more you would like to, to share with us of your experience or where you're going next? Um, one thing I want to just praise for Waldorf is um, the like liberal arts aspect of it, which obviously me and Ian both went to liberal arts colleges and now Ian's back at Lewis and Clark. Um, and when I was in at Lewis and Clark, I really took advantage. Like I had one kind of social science, I had a math class, I had a hard science, and then I had an art class pretty much every semester. And that balance just soothes my soul and like allowed me to also find the things like in my sculpture class that were relating to my calc class or my physics class and find all these cool threads in between because I was like, creating this balanced thing and then it's like okay I'm gonna do my artwork for a little bit and then I'm gonna like read it just seems so obvious to me to build uh, a life and a curriculum that's balanced and well-rounded where everything can be feeding into each other and having that relation like I I love that about the block system too about like diving into something and having the track kind of related and they all you know weave together perfectly there's so much thought that goes into the Waldorf sequence and pairing of education that I am still amazed of and really appreciate and I have can tell that it's in my bones of how I organize my life like even now I have a job I do a few days a week I do one thing another day a week and another and that balance lets me feel like I'm not working my butt off because I'm doing little bits here and there and I'm enjoying and getting benefit from everything so mm -hmm. that balance is just really good. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you both so much. I certainly had um, a huge smile, I feel like, during this whole conversation. It's just 
so incredible to hear your experience and almost some validation too, uh, as far as the, the education that a lot of us are, um, you know, that we're pri pri privileged to allow our, our kiddos to kind of partake of. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time. I'm excited to hear what your next chapter might be, but certainly super excited about, about where you've come so far. Thank you, Jen. Thanks for Thank hosting you. us. Yeah, yeah, thank you.